Hello, everyone. My name is Luke John-Louis, the host of the Deep Voice Man Show. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we have a treat in store for you guys. Our guest is Lane Knighting, and uh, he is someone at one time uh, was very, very driven, uh, very successful, but at the time he didn't know that all that drive was harming him. It led him to feel very entitled, angry, and addicted. But one day, he went on a wild adventure that changed his life. And as a result, he became a coach who takes on other successful, driven folks as clients and has them experience that same wild excursion <laughs> that he experienced on that day. So um, he has a tremendously amazing story. And I'm, I'm so happy that he's here as a guest to share it with us. And he took out some time and his, uh, uh, he carved out some time in his pack schedule to sit down and have a chat with us. So we're, we're very fortunate. I guess to start off, uh, Lane, can you tell us um, about your background and how you first gravitated towards doing what you do today? Sure. Yeah, thank you so much for asking. Um, you know how when you experience a life-changing event of some kind, your whole world shifts, and then you have another, and then another, and then another. And it's why it's crazy, Luke, because each time the new events that surface in your life, they're like bigger, they're, they're more monstrous, but you've elevated as a result of going through the ordeal. And that happened for me, um, you know, I had, I had a doctorate. I was teaching at a great university, research from the university, Arizona State University. And really what I wanted to do was cycle across America. I thought, man, if you could do that, you'd be unstoppable. But there was no way in my mind that I could do it because I was married, seven kids, drowning in student debt, living paycheck to paycheck. And I, uh, you know, it, it's a miracle how it happened, but the right people spoke to me at the right time and I listened at the right moments. We ended up buying an old motor home, putting all of our family in there and crawling across the U.S. from the western tip of Washington to the eastern tip of Maine. And during those 4,300 miles, I realized, man, Lane, you've been a jerk. You've been entitled, angry, you've been addicted. Um, and that, and I, I lived in fear. And that one event radically changed the world on, that is spinning on its axis. Just totally changed it. So, I then, with my family's sanction, uh, left the university and did a solo trek for two months from Portugal to Rome with the desire to find out what do I fear? And I, well, not what do I fear. I wanted to help people with their fears. And instead what happened is I faced all of mine or a lot of mine. Uh, fears about people, fears about danger, fears about the heavens, fears about nature. And that really was the catalyst for starting 
coaching the way I do it, which is through adventure. Wow, amazing. And thank you so much for sharing uh, your incredible story. Uh, very inspiring uh, with us. And so essentially you were, you were kind of living a conventional life, right? But one of yes. a very educated, uh, successful person that most people I think would, would envy, right? You were, you, had, you were married. You had seven kids. Of course, and obviously uh, most people, I think, uh, can relate to the whole <laughs> drowning in debt situation, I'm sure. And <laughs> right? But Yeah, yeah, but uh, it, it reminds me of how, you know, when we're kids, we have these dreams, and then as we get older, those dreams kind of uh, die down uh, as we get hit with reality. Uh, but it was, it's interesting how um, you still you have that dream of cycling across the country, a lot of people would think that's crazy. You know, well, why would you want to do that? But it's that, that you know, it, it's fun and exciting. Like, I get it, right? And so you did that. You, well, you were inspired and motivated because you had the right people around you, which is key. You know, I always tell people that the key to success is being around the right kind of people. So mm-hmm. you had the kind of folks that, you know, didn't dismiss your dreams but encouraged you to, to go on that track, and you did. Right. And and then it changed you as a person. You got to, you know, know yourself. You went you went on a journey kind of physically but also mentally within yourself. And yeah, there were some things right. And then there were some things you noticed that you didn't you didn't like, but obviously you went about changing that. And so as a result you want other people to experience the same thing. Yeah. Which is which is amazing. So uh, I'm curious, you became a coach, and uh, I, I'd love to know, um, obviously the coaching world is, um, is in a kind of a state of flux and whatnot. How would you describe the current state of coaching, and, how, and what challenges, if any, has the pandemic posed? Yeah, that's a great question. Before I answer that, I hope it's okay, Luke, to, to just clarify, I did have close friends and associates that – tried to squelch the dream. They told me, I can't believe you do that, Lane. You're not a man in my book. And and uh, I thought, oh, well, I want to be a man. And obviously, if, if I've got to shelf the dream in order to be a man, then that's what I'll do. And so I shelved the dream for a while. But those voices, the naysaying voices, are critical because they test the strength of our desire. So I just wanted to make that uh, little clarification there. It, it wasn't all roses. And I think that's by design within the world of dreams that, that ultimately it does help absolutely to have support, but the biggest support has to come within. So anyway, as far as your question though, it's a great one. What I see about the current state of coaching is it is booming. There are coaches everywhere, and they are needed. Um, And I used to believe that, Luke, that there were a lot of hacks out there, a lot of people that, oh, well, I don't have any education or training at all. I'll be a coach. And they go start out to be a coach. And I've shifted 
what I see is that anybody who is on your path that, that you want to be on, but is up further ahead than you are, they are a valuable asset for you. So it doesn't matter what education you have. If you've gone through a bitter divorce and you've interrogated it and learned some valuable things about divorce and healing through it, then by heck, yes, you are a coach for, for the people who are like you were. So when it comes to the challenges that we've faced from the pandemic, I think it's been awesome because before the pandemic, everything or most things had to be face-to-face. And now, ha, huh, it's just blown that wide open where people all over the world are comfortable connecting via Zoom or Google Meet or whatever platform so that more people can be served and more people helped. And I, I just think it's fantastic. And I think it's just going to continue moving that direction. Although people are still going to crave the, the, the experience of being face-to-face in somebody's physical presence in a physical space where you can feel each other's energy. So that's the one caveat. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that. And um, I'm glad that you mentioned that clarification. Uh, maybe I, I painted too rosy a picture there. I, I tend to be, I try to be a positive guy, but there are some folks who, who try to squash your, your dream and shame on them or saying, you know, that you're not a man for following your dream. I've never heard of that before, that someone's not a man for doing what they, what they desire to do. Um, so, uh, <laughs> but thankfully, um, you didn't give in to that. You, you mentioned that, obviously, that kind of naysaying is critical. It, it tests your uh, soul, so to speak, and you need to have it, which, um, which is it's interesting. Um, I prefer never to deal with naysayers, but... If you say they serve a purpose, I'm going to look into that. And, um, you know, sometimes naysayers can drive one to, to accomplish what they want to accomplish. We see so many stories of that, you know, how so many people accomplish things because they were told by someone else that they couldn't do it. And it, it was like fuel for the, the fire, so to speak. And um, so, again, thank you for the clarification. Now, you mentioned that the coaching industry is, is booming and coaches are needed. Um, and I totally agree, you know. <laughs> You know, everyone should have a coach, in my opinion. Uh, even mm-hmm. the even right, even the most successful athletes have coaches. So, what does that tell you? And um, you know, so you mentioned that before you were skeptical of coaches. Um, you know, you thought there was a lot of hacks and quacks and and whatnot. But now you realize that obviously anyone who's further along than you um, could be has you know valuable insight for one and. There, they could be a coach, and it doesn't take all that much to be a coach. You don't need to have lots of education and certifications and licenses and whatnot. So I, I, I totally agree with that. I'm curious now. You gave us, you painted a, quite a vivid picture of where things are now. But where do you see things going in the future? Where do you see yourself in that future? Yeah, that's a great question, Luke. You know, in the future, I think we are going to experience even more coaching in every aspect of business. But I think it's going to take a different shape. Right now, there are companies that have their own 
leadership development teams. And I think that's going to change. I think they'll end up letting them go in favor of people that they bring in, coaches that they bring in to help teams for a more limited basis to come work with them and then leave rather than put somebody on your payroll to be there, you know, 24 seven for the, for the company. I think that will change. And another thing that, that I see in the future is that the experiential transformative type of coaching that's out in nature where it's not a, it's not like a ropes course where you go up to the mountains and do ropes with your team for a day, but a more sustained adventure. I think that's going to proliferate. I think we're going to find that people are hungry for that. They're hungry to connect with, with the world. They're hungry to challenge their thinking and being in the world, and that's going to catapult doing things that are extraordinary and very, very different from their current mode. And as far as my role in that, I, I think that, you know, I'm a spiritual guy. I don't believe that God or the universe is using us as pawns on a chessboard, but I do think they use us and nudge us in right ways. And I, be, I believe that I've been positioned because of the, the crazy adventures that I've had to help heal nations through coaching, through the type of adventures that heal countries, that takes heads of state uh, from, from competing and conflicting countries to go together and realize that they're not all that different and that humanity is deep down, oh my gosh, incredibly good. Wow, and uh, you painted a vivid picture of how you see things in the future as well. You mentioned that coaches uh, may come in to help firms uh, in terms of you know motivating and encouraging and inspiring employees, but it, it'll be not someone on the payroll, but someone who comes in on a limited basis will leave after a while. Um, so that's an interesting dynamic. And you mentioned how a lot more people are, are moving towards the, that kind of uh, adventure coaching, right, where they, they want to connect, they want to uh, see the world or connect better with the world. So, um, which is, you know, I wasn't too familiar with this whole idea of coaches taking people on adventures until I, I met you, and I, I think it's a, a quite a quite a novel concept, and maybe it's not so novel, maybe it's been around for a while, but it's, it, it's new to me, but you, you talked a lot about, uh, about, well, how you're a spiritual person, and uh, that going on these kind of adventures um, can, can heal the world, can heal countries, you know, these heads of states. Can, can change themselves for the better, right? And there could be less conflict, less competition, less, you know, competition in the sense of that kind of deadly, aggressive type of competition. So, um, you know, uh, so yes, uh, thank you so much for that. And I'm curious now, um, obviously you touched on this a little bit uh, earlier, but what would you say to someone who's still a skeptic 
you know, even though coaching uh, it's booming right now and, and lots of people are seeing the benefit of it, but there's still some folks out there who say, well, why do I need to hire someone to tell me what to do? Why can't I just read books and, or figure it out on my own? This, this whole idea of a coach seems kind of silly, particularly a life coach. What would you say to that individual? Yeah, that is a fantastic question. And it's a common one, Luke. Uh, I would say you're right. You don't need a coach. A coach is something that you choose if you want to accelerate the path you're on. So you don't need it, but it's helpful. And I'll give you just a couple of quick examples of it. When I was dream manager for a, com- for a company, um, coaching them on their dreams, it was interesting. I had one guy come in, and he said, you know what? I thought I could do it alone. I had all the self-help books. I read them all. But the one session with you did more than all of the rest of those. That session gave me the breakthrough I'd been missing. Okay. All right. Yes. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Yeah. Uh, the other one, there was a guy who had spent $150,000 on different coaching programs and and different uh, trainings. He ended up joining me on one of my programs through Central Europe. And he said, that one thing did more and was more valuable than all of the rest combined. So again, you don't need it, but if you want to accelerate, that's why you get a coach. Because they're they're further along the path, and they're able to help you skip over the pitfalls to avert the crocodiles that are waiting for you in the gutter, and are able to strap wings on your back to climb over that or to fly over that chasm that you don't know exists, but they do. Wow, and. <laughs> I don't think I could have said it better myself. And, you know, the the value of a great coach, the value of great coaching, how it, it speeds you along in that learning curve, right? You don't have to make the same mistakes that they made, of course. And, you know, I always tell people the number one key to success is other people. Um, obviously, coaches qualifies as those other people uh, that you want to uh, be around and uh, have access to, 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 to get on the path of success. And, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned those those two stories about uh, when you were a dream manager and how that gentleman realized that, you know, he thought he could do it on his own with the books and whatnot, but you helped him in, in, with one session, my understanding, and then you helped him more in that one session than all the books that he ever read. And, and so that that's just, that's, it gets you pumped and excited. It gets me pumped and excited. And you know, you you talked you talked about the the gentleman who spent one hundred and fifty thousand dollars on on coaching. You said, and then then he went on this adventure with you and gained more from that adventure than he did from the the six figures that he spent on coaching. That that's amazing. That's incredible, and I can see why adventure coaching um, is probably going to, as you said, as you predicted, is probably going to take off. And it's getting results like that for for folks. Um, so I, I'm curious now, obviously more and more people are, are coming around to coaching and less and less people 
thankfully are, are, are skeptical of it now. Um, but that gets to, to my next question about competition. There's so many coaches out there. It's, it's booming, just like you said, and anyone could become a coach in theory, right, as long as they're further along the path than, than others. And you mm-hmm. don't have to go to school or get a certificate or a license. That you can wake up tomorrow and call yourself a coach or, or just call yourself a coach right instantly now today. Uh, so uh, what? how do you um, stand out uh, as a coach? Like what's your competitive advantage? Yeah, thanks, Luke. Thanks for asking. You know, I think you nailed it. It is the the adventure piece. I've now cycled through 48 countries. Most of those have been with teams that I take. Uh, it, whether it's teams or individuals or families, they've I've taken them out there, and the 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 entire program is not just I you know I used to think that naively that it was me that I was the the central point in this, but we forget that nature plays a role, a key role. And most of the coaching that's done is done in four, you know, in the center of four walls. And so it leaves the physical piece out of it. My background uh, in my PhD was performance studies, communication and performance studies. And we learned there that the greatest site of learning there is, is the body. And the body in different spaces has different energy, and you, it creates different thoughts. It sparks different thoughts. And so that understanding helps give me, I guess if you want to say, a competitive advantage, but it certainly gives a difference that will resonate with, I think, I won't say more people, but I will say it resonates with the right people who know they need that. Wow, and and thank you so much for that. And you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I've interviewed so many um, coaches on my show, business coaches, life coaches, and whatnot. And uh, this is the first time that I've ever had someone uh, as a guest who was an adventure coach, right? So um, I, I I wasn't really too familiar with it. So uh, I can imagine that, that right there helps you to at least stand out in my mind. I would say, and in the audience's mind, and. You know, so my understanding is you, you've gone through 40, 48 countries. Wow. Um, amazing. And uh, so you, you talked a lot about how you thought it was, your, it was just yourself getting all the results for folks, but it, was, it, was, it went deeper than that, right? And that folks, you mentioned the four walls, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, people go on a journey uh, through them. So you're just sort of like a guide to help them, but they, they, deep down they search and explore and figure things out about themselves like the same way that you did, right? And and you're just taking them along in that journey, so to speak. And so um, you also mentioned that you have a PhD uh, and you, you had studied performance uh, studies, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you learned from that that the body is the, the source of all learning, if I heard you correctly, is that? It's the greatest site of learning, not necessarily the source, but but certainly this incredible site because we have muscle memory and whatever experiences we have get embedded within within our body, 
within the the bones, the flesh, the blood. It's all, you know, in the body, and then the mind takes it and and shapes it and tries to interpret it or or change it, but but it's still there, still there in the body. Wow, and thank you so much for for uh, explaining. You know, uh, I guess going into that a little further. And uh, so I'm curious now. Um, you shared some stories with us before. Are there any other moving or entertaining stories you'd like to share from your life or career? Oh man, there are so many stories, Luke. Uh, I'll tell you just a just a couple. My very first client, he was willing to join me on this adventure and he just figured ah, I'd be a, just a, a nice fun adventure and and he brought a bunch of books thinking I'm you know we're only going 50 miles we'll be there by two o'clock and I'll have all afternoon to read and and he didn't realize that the way we do it we get up in the morning by the time we're ready and get going it takes us all day because we're stopping, we're meeting people, we're taking photographs, we're journaling, we're experiencing this immersion all along the way. Well, what was funny is we reached the end of the day, and we were nowhere near a campground. And we always haul our gear. It's right on our bikes. Occasionally, we'll stay in hotels, but for the most part, we are self-sufficient, and we got to the end of the day, and, and he goes, wow, uh, we're not going to make it to the camp. It's like 10 or 15 miles. I said, yeah, that's okay. Here's a grove of trees. Let's stop here. And <laughs> you can see this guy. He's so funny. I love the guy. He's one of my best friends uh, now. But um, we went into this grove of trees and started setting up our tents. And we're in... Uh, Denmark and he didn't tell me till later that he was a little freaked out he didn't know if wild animals were going to come in the middle of the night if uh, strangers or hobos were going to come and maraud our tents and and he, did, he didn't explain that till later and we both had a good laugh about it we just slept slept well he didn't sleep so well, but I slept well. The the another one that was really funny was in New Zealand. We had one guy who is a great guy, and this was early in my coaching, so I didn't do enough to equip him and really lay out the vision of what it would be like. So he didn't do a lot of preparing. He didn't train. He went out and bought this massive bicycle. He hadn't even assembled it until he reached New Zealand. He brought what we called the Taj Mahal tent. It was a massive tent. Uh, a tent that could fit his bike in it. Uh, just way, way, way too heavy for our needs, along with 25 pounds worth of food, because he figured, well, I gotta have it all in the beginning. We're not gonna be able to stop anywhere at a at a convenience store supermarket and after day two he rented a little cabin laid everything out and he got rid of 25 pounds worth of stuff and 
ended up making it. It was so it taught me a lot about how to equip people, how to prep them. And we the people who went on that trek still laugh and joke about the Taj Mahal. Wow. That is, so did he eat all the food? Is my was is, is that what happened? Or he threw it up? Yeah, no, he he got rid of a whole bunch of it and then just bought food on the way. <laughs> oh bye. Oh my goodness! Well, I guess you, you you now prepare people better now when you know, for these uh, trips and the, these surge sojourns and they know what that, that doesn't happen again. <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> so he had a big bike, a big tent. My goodness! Wow. Uh, but uh, you know, it's, it's it's interesting. In the first story, the guy was a little nervous about sleeping in that area because he he was worried about animals or people who might come by and. It's interesting. You slept well. He may have slept maybe with that one eye open. You never know. Maybe he just wanted to make sure. <laughs> but uh, thankfully, nothing bad happened, and so that's um, you know great to hear. So um, thank you so much for sharing those wonderful stories. And I'm curious now. Obviously, um, I always love to bring up this question about networking. You know, I, like I say, the number one key to success is, is other people and having a strong, deep wide network is, is, is one of the ways you, you you achieve success in life. And um, so I, I was curious. Now, we met through a, a mutual connection on LinkedIn, uh, mm -hmm. a gentleman named Russ, uh, who's also a podcaster. He's actually a live streamer, uh, Russ Hedge. He, he has a great show. I, I've been a, a guest on it twice, and I believe you will be as well in the future. And uh, so, you know, we met through networking, through LinkedIn. And uh, I, I'm curious. Uh, how, what networking advice do you have for folks so they can get to a point where they can mostly or solely rely on referrals? And, you know, even if you're not a business owner, but let's say you're, you're job hunting, you know, they say having a strong network helps with uh, finding, uh, finding a good uh, job and whatnot. So uh, what networking advice do you have for folks? That's a great question, Luke. Three things. One, get Steve Chandler's book on how to get clients. Read it cover to cover multiple times. And then two, just serve people. Just serve them. And three is connect. So really, two and three should be flip-flopped. But uh, read the book, How to Get Clients. It's masterful. Second, reach out and connect with people. And three, serve them. Quick experience. You know, right before Christmas, about a month, uh, uh, two weeks before, I started a project called Project 25, which is how I connected with you, Luke. I reached out to people with no sales, no agenda, no ask, and I let them know up front, I'm not going to try to sell you anything. All I want to do is connect and hear about your story for 30 minutes. And that one thing has radically changed. Just in the three, four weeks that I've been doing it, radically changed my network and the amount of connections and the, the flow of referrals coming to me. Wow, that's amazing advice. <laughs> that's incredible, actually. And, um, you know... 
it just goes back to what I tell people all the time. You know, the, the, the more you network, the luckier you get. It's, it's a play on the quote, the harder you work, the luck, which you, I'm sure you've heard, the harder you work, the luckier you get. I tell people the, the, the harder you network, the luckier you get. And um, so it, it's interesting. And thank you so much for that wonderful advice. I'm definitely going to check out that book by Steve Chandler. And this idea of serving people, it, it's a great idea. It, it helps you to sort of uh, induce that law of reciprocity. That, that makes uh, that other people will follow, and it all comes back to you. And, and uh, this idea of connecting with people. That so I'm I'm going to try that out. Um, in a way, I'm already doing that because I, I love to go on LinkedIn and um, invite people to come on as guests on the podcast. Yeah. So it's yeah, uh, you do. So similar. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it, it's somewhat similar. So uh, and I and I can attest that having a podcast is a great way to to network because you're interviewing folks and having conversations about them. So it, it's somewhat similar. Um, but I could totally see why it, it changed things up for you. And, uh, you know, the, the greatest salesperson who ever lived, or one of them, was a guy named Joe Girard. Uh, he, had, he set the record for the, being the best salesperson in the world, according to Guinness. And I believe that record's been broken. He sold a ton of cars, right? And the, the way he did it was not through marketing or smooth, sell, smooth selling or closing. He did it because he, he had a large network of people that he mailed cards to, right? Uh, every month, and he stayed in touch with these people, right? He had a strong network of, of thousands of people, and so when it came to buying a car, everyone went to him or they sent him tons of referrals, right, uh, because they knew, liked, and trusted him, so, so to speak. So um, something to that, and, you know, even though he wasn't selling a, any different type of car than any other kind of salesperson could sell, right? He was selling a, somewhat of a commodity-type car that any salesperson on the lot could sell. But everyone went to him because they liked him. And, you know, so there is something to having a strong network and, and the success flowing from that. Obviously, it takes time. It's sort of like planting seeds, um, you know, but you will reap what you sow, and that's the great thing about networking. So, um, you know, I'm definitely going to um, apply, uh, you know, the, the advice that you just have given us all. So uh, thank you so much for that. I'm definitely going to get the book uh, without a doubt. Um, so I, I'm curious now, you know, since we're on the, uh, since we're talking about networking and whatnot and referrals, I, I, I love to give people this question. You know, what do I have to hear from someone? Uh, in order for me to refer them to you? Like, what type of customers do you work with uh, for the most part? Is it, is it a certain type of avatar or whatnot? Yeah, that's a, that's a lovely question, Luke. Um, and i got to tell you, you have some terrific questions. You can tell that you've thought them out and used them. You've toyed with uh different iterations they're they're really thought provoking the kind of people i work with luke are executives they're high value people who are either executive level or they're um they're business owners entrepreneurs and typically these are people who they they really don't see themselves as broken or needing help at all Typically, the ones I've worked with have just said, you know what, I can tell that I want a different kind of challenge. And so if there's anybody out there who says, you know, I I, I don't want to do another marathon or another tough 
uh, Tough Mudder or something like that. I'm hitting all my goals, but I want a challenge that that goes deep into my soul. That's primarily who I work with. Wow, and thank you so much for that. So now I know what to look out for. <laughs> when I run into folks like that, I'll send them right your way. And uh, it reminds me of a book I read by um, Daniel Pink. Uh, I believe the author's name was, it's called Drive. Uh, I think you would like that book a lot. You had yeah, read it, right? Okay, yeah. So he talks a lot about how people are motivated by challenges, not so much by money and awards, but wanting to um, improve themselves. So it's an innate human drive to want to level up, you know, and that's why so many people run marathons. But this is something, you know, obviously marathons are so common now, but this is something different and whatnot. And, again, it goes back to your competitive advantage as an adventure coach. You know, uh, you're offering something that very few coaches are, are offering for the most part, um, you know, until that changes in the future, as you <laughs> predicted. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, you sort of have a monopoly in some ways, um, so which is great. <laughs> or uh, a, a short-term patent like drug companies do. They with it. For a bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, before other coaches catch on and, and start offering adventures, I, I'm curious um, – you know, what what advice would you give to folks who are who are listening to you and they say to themselves, you know, this sounds kind of exciting. You know, I want to be a coach. You know, I want to help people change their lives. What would you say to them? Wonderful. Luke, I would say the people you help are the people who are now like you once were. That's your target market. Okay. That's excellent, and thank you so much for that. And I'm curious, now looking at it from the other side, what if someone's looking for a coach, and let's say, you know, they can go to you, which would be excellent advice, but let's say you're busy, let's say you're on vacation, let's say you got your hands tied to something else, or you're currently busy on an adventure with other folks, and let's say you're not readily readily available, right, (laughs) to take them on as a client, how should they go about searching for the right kind of code for their needs? Yeah, love it. Love it, Luke. I would say more than anything else, send it out to the universe what you're looking for and then be open because the subconscious will direct you quicker and more accurately than the head will. And when there's there are loads of coaches and there are some out there that you just know that's not for me even though they're like the high-end super awesome people who create radical changes in people the world over they don't work with you Um, and you just feel it you will find the ones that resonate with you and you'll it's almost like this little ding And you know, at least for this stage of my journey, this is the person to work with. And it, uh, I I wanted to mention two things based on the lovely observations you had just a moment ago, Luke. Uh, One is to follow up on the earlier question. You know, the guy who who studied flow, the godfather of flow, a guy named Chik Mensihai, 
He said this. He said the best moments in our lives are not the passive, receptive, relaxing times. The best moments usually occur when our bodies or minds are stretched to their limits in a voluntary effort to accomplish something difficult and worthwhile. So when you want to coach, figure out how you want to stretch. If you really want deep, satisfying moments, figure out the way you want to stretch and then find somebody who's doing that that you aspire to. Wow, amazing. And um, that's an awesome quote uh, by the gentleman. I won't dare pronounce his name, um, but you did a good job pronouncing it. I'll, I'll just let you pronounce it and say that one time. But, um, you know, I read the book, and it's worth a reread. And, um, you know, obviously being in that flow state, there's something about being in that flow state where you're you're totally immersed in what you're doing, and it's challenging, and you're, you know, I think, you know, to a certain degree, all humans are like that. You know, they have that drive to want to, challenge themselves and, and you know once you, you reach a goal you want to set a bigger goal you're, you're always continuously stretching you'll never be finished even to the day you die there's always going to be still more you want to do as my mother says <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know um so like just like you you know you have that goal of cycling across the country and, and you accomplish it but you went further right you wanted to do more than just that after it. you weren't just done and um so it's interesting how the, the human uh species is you know, we're always driving higher. And when you when you study human history, you see it, right? You know, folks aren't always satisfied. They want more and more. They want to stress themselves. And we're all better off for it, right? So um, in, in many ways, of course. So I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm curious now, uh, you know, and thank you so much for sharing the advice on, uh, I should say, for, for folks who are, uh, looking for a good coach. You mentioned um, what what appears to be the law of attraction, right? Where you you're open and um, you you put it you put it out there, right? And it will come to you. And you know, to me, the law of attraction isn't something that's so magical. It's just that when you think positively, you see more opportunities that you were probably blind to before. You know, if you think of a red car, and then you go outside and see a whole bunch of red cars. Right, yep. but they're always there. But your your brain is, uh, I think it's a part of the brain called the reticular activating system. I think that's what they call it. I may be pronouncing it wrong. Where it becomes, when you tune it just right, it, it it's an antenna that will will point out all the opportunities that you didn't see before. And um, so I'm a big uh, proponent of the law of attraction, and 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 whatnot. Obviously, and, and obviously you you want to think positively and and have things come to you, but you also want to you know, do and right and move your feet, as they say. Um, so, um, definitely think that's an amazing advice and whatnot. And so, I'm curious now. Um, you know, you've mentioned a lot of um, important life lessons and, and great advice. Um, in addition to that, is there any other um, life lessons you'd like to share with us that uh, you've learned yourself along your your journey, or you learned from others? Yeah, there's uh, there's loads, Luke. The stories would fill books, volumes, with all the people I've met and the wisdom that they've shared. But there's one that feels right to share right now. When I was on the coast-to-coast adventure, 
I was in Montana cycling through, and here was a guy I met on a bike, 73 years old, and I got talking to him. And he said something that has just burned into my heart. He said, you know, this is my third time coming across. First time I came through, I went 70 miles one day, stopped in town, and the kid asked me, how far did you go, mister? I said, 70 miles. He looked at me wide-eyed and said, wow, mister, what did you see? And then he paused. You could see a little pain itched in his eye, and he said, I had the sobering moment to realize that I saw nothing all day except a white line. And that's now coined and used into my program that we avoid the white line syndrome. Those people who are driven, those people who are successful, know the power of focus, but they use it often in the wrong way. Instead of a focus that is completely aware, it's a focus that has blinders on, so you're not aware and can't see anything else. That has stuck with me, it has stuck with my clients, and it's valuable for anybody in any sphere. Learn to be present and aware. Wow, I, I love that. And obviously, focus is important under in some circumstances, in some situations. But you know, you know, there are times in life where obviously, if you're traveling and cycling, uh, uh, you know, dozens of miles, you do want to be present and, and look at all the beauty that's around you, right? You don't want to just be looking only at the white line. So whenever someone gives you the question of, well, what did you see? You don't want to just tell them you saw a white line only. You want to say, well, you saw buildings or this, that, the other thing. And so um, that's a, a great uh, story. And, um, you know, uh, you're an amazing storyteller. So I think, um, <laughs> you know, the, the stories really help to drive the point home. And stories are also a great way to, to sell uh, if someone's in the, in the business of selling things, and as we all are, I'm sure. Um, so thank you so much for these wonderful stories. I am. Um, I'm curious now, uh, you mentioned that you know, you know so many tales that you can fill up uh, several volumes. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious now, I guess going to my next question, have you ever thought about uh, perhaps writing and uh, publishing a book? So, yeah, I've thought about it, and I just haven't done it. Okay, so um, would, would yeah. you, would, you haven't done it yet? Okay, okay, great. So. Um, it, well, when you do, and I'm sure you will write that book, I'll be the first online to buy it. Just uh, keep me posted. <laughs> um, yes, it's not as <laughs> you got it, Lane. Uh, you know, just so you know, writing a book is not as hard as you as you m might think. So it's a lot easier than uh, people realize. And you know, I, I actually wrote and published my uh, first book uh, last year. Well, it's quite an experience. On, on, on uh, you know how businesses can grow with technology, and so um, it doesn't take as much time and effort as you think. You just have to set a, a goal, set a date in the future when it's going to get done, and then have an outline, and then have this done by this and this, and this you know. So it, it's not as hard as you think, and um, so I, you know I'd love to hear more of these stories. 
Uh, and you can have different volumes. You know, if you have if you have too many stories to put in one book, you don't want the book to be too heavy, right? So you can split it up, so to speak. Um, but um, you had mentioned before a book. Uh, you recommended a book by a gentleman named Steve Chandler. Do you have any other book recommendations uh, for folks? Maybe uh, maybe any guru recommendations or podcast recommendations as well. Sure. Um, when it comes to reading, look all over the map. The like Chick Mencii, that that crazy name. Like he said. Life is nothing more than a stream of experiences. The, the wider and deeper we swim in it, the richer our life will be. So I like to learn from a variety of different sources. There have been three uh, that have been especially helpful to me. One is the book called Endurance by Alfred Lansing, incredible tale of Sir Ernest Shackleton, who back at the turn of last century took 27 men down to Antarctica with the intent of doing a trans-Antarctic trek with sled dogs and supplies and everything. And, and their ship got trapped by the ice, attacked by the ice, and they had with three lifeboats in the most storm-ravaged sea on the planet had to try to figure out a way of making it back to civilization. Absolutely phenomenal read. Uh, you can get the audio book or the, the book. They're both fantastic. The second book, and this is the, the, best, um, the best form of the hero's journey that I've ever seen in print, and that is The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Uh, it's this beautiful fable set in southern Spain and then down into Africa. And it follows the hero's journey exactly. And you can look at it and see the map of your life, of your journey. Another one that I've recently come across is Steve Chandler's coach. Uh, Steve Hardison, and it's a book called The Ultimate Coach. And it's about his life that he says right in the very back, he said, do not read this book about me. Read it about you. Read it about being. And he calls it the book of being. And he, he, is, he emphasizes that life is not about doing, it's about being. And the doing will flow naturally out of your being. So fantastic book. I wholeheartedly recommend all three of those. Wow. And thank you so much for those book recommendations. And uh, as a gift, you sent me The Ultimate Coach by, uh, by Hardison. And uh, I'm, I'm going through it now and uh, trying to, you know, read it in the way it was suggested. And uh, it, it, it is an interesting read so far. Uh, I'll get back to you once I finish the book. It, it's quite quite a big book. <laughs> it is so, a big book. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, definitely I'm, I'm going to get through that, I promise, and then get back to you on the end on how I felt about it and whatnot. So in the other books, I'm definitely going to check out Endurance and then Alchemist and then the one you recommended earlier by um, Steve Chandler. And, and as far as podcasts, are there any uh, – favorite podcast you have? You know, I 
I am a little shamefaced to admit this, but I listen more to audio books and really don't listen to podcasts much. But there's a, a terrific podcaster who I absolutely adore. Um, oh, my gosh. And now his name just went poof. Robin Dreek, that's his name. This guy, he's got an astounding story where he recruited spies for the U.S. government. And he, he says he had the toughest job on the planet. I had to sell a product they didn't want to a client that I, by law, couldn't contact, and they had to come to me. He runs his podcast, and, uh, and it, he's just a gem of a human being, just like you, Luke. I think you'd really enjoy uh, the clients he brings on and the kind of stories that come out of it. Wonderful. Thank you. I'm definitely going to check that one out. And um, thanks so much for the compliment as well. I, could, I consider you a, a shiny gem, too. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm, I'm curious now. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I would love to know, would you ever, you know, I, I know how you, you, you know, you said you listen to audiobooks and you're not into listening to two, uh, podcasts as much, but would you ever start your own podcast? I, I, I believe you'd be great because you have a great message to share. Well, thank you. I Right now, that is not anywhere in my wheelhouse. It's not where I want to put my energies. Um, I love talking to people like you. And, but at some point, maybe, Luke, right now, the energies are all going toward designing and carrying out the adventures for people. Amazing. And totally, you know, and that's okay, obviously, but, you know, at minimum, you know, I think people should try to be a guest on as many podcasts as they can to spread their message, which you're already doing. So, you know, you got that down. That's where a lot of the magic happens when you're a guest on a lot of shows. So, um, you know, uh, again, um, I, I wanted to uh, to thank you for being a guest on the show. Uh, this has been quite an enlightening and educational discussion. Can you go ahead and uh, please describe all the ways that people can reach out and connect with you? Oh, yeah. Thank you for giving me that chance. I would love to connect with our audience. Absolutely love it. And you can contact me in these ways. One is anybody can go to my calendar and set up 30 minutes and let's talk. It's at calendly.com forward slash way of the hero. I'm also available on on uh, LinkedIn and Facebook. My name is Lane with a Y, L-A-Y-N-E, and the last name is G-N-E-I-T-I-N-G. Then if they want to email me, my address is guide at wayofthehero.com, or if you want to drop me a note by phone, I typically don't look at uh, unfamiliar phone numbers, so send me a text first. But my phone number is uh, US code plus one four eight zero two zero eight one four six zero. And I look forward to to talking more with our audience and hearing their stories. That's going to be great. Thanks, Luke. 
You got it. No problem. Just so you know, all the information, uh, the contact info you just shared with us uh, will be uh, listed in the show notes so people will be able to see it and uh, read it there. Again, you know, the Calendly link that you shared with us and then the, the LinkedIn and the Facebook and the phone number. Again, that's 480-208-1460. And folks should text first. Uh, don't just call. They should text, send a text first. <laughs> so just want to uh, <laughs> yeah. clarify that. And, you know, again, I wanted to thank you again for being a guest on the show. Do you want to leave us with any uh, last word or final send-off? Yeah, yeah, Luke and everyone listening, thank you so much for being on this. Continue to support Luke because he runs a terrific podcast. And then uh, the there are two mantras that we always use. One is remember that the detour is the path. A lot of times when we experience hardships, we think, ah, this is not the way it's supposed to be. Actually, we gain invaluable lessons we couldn't get from the straight line. So the detour is the path. And our second mantra is the open road is home. Instead of always worrying about getting to a certain space, be fully present wherever you are. Make that home. Then you'll be home wherever you are. And with that, Luke, thanks for the, the joy and the privilege of connecting with you and your audience, it's been an absolute joy. Thank you. Amazing. I love um, both mantras. They're, they're both excellent, beyond excellent, I would say. They're sublime and um, definitely going to uh, keep that with me, uh, along with the other mantras and uh, advice that you shared during our conversation. So um, this will be an episode I'll be listening to and re-listening to for, for quite a while. It blew away all my expectations. Uh, and I uh, just wanted you to know that. Uh, thank you so much for the kind words. And uh, well, maybe one of these days I'll go on uh, one of those adventures, uh, cycling with you. Uh, first, I have to learn how to ride a bike, which I will by the end of the year. <laughs> so I got to get that. I got to get that done first um, and whatnot. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd love to meet you in person, just so you know. And uh, again, um, you know, I wanted to thank you so much for being a guest on the show. And uh, I want to thank the audience for listening. Uh, I'm going to see you guys in the next episode. Everyone uh, have a wonderful 2023 or in, in every year after that, have, you know, make it wonderful. <laughs> I hope it's wonderful. And thank you so much, everyone. And everyone take care. Thanks, Luke. Hey, guys, before you go, just real quick, um, if you can just do me a favor, if you can head over uh, to the uh, Apple Podcast app, and if you're not there already, and if you can leave me a five-star review, that would be great. Um, if you love the show, if you can just go ahead and do that, and that will help uh, to spread the word about the show, and other people can enjoy the show as much as you do. And so if you can do that, that would mean the world to me. And also, if you want to email me, uh, with any feedback or any praise or support, um, please feel free to go ahead and do that. And you can also email me to request to be put on our email list. Uh, so uh, we can uh, send you out emails uh, when new episodes come out. So uh, thank you very much for being a fan of the show. Thank you for listening to the show and supporting the show. So if you can do that, go out and give us a, a five-star review on the Apple podcast 
uh, app, uh, that would be great. And if you can email us so we can put you on the email list and email us with feedback and praise, that would be amazing. Uh, thank you so much, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye.